Welcome to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Wilkins. I'm excited to have you join me as I speak with a fascinating collection of folks, all of whom have in common that they've made a way for themselves by finding an intersection between thoughtful consideration and the tactile work of getting their hands dirty. This is an examination of intention, capability, and craft. It's where philosophy meets the blue-collar work ethic and where I find real value. The 2023 Black Duck Revival Turkey Tour is brought to you by Rome Adventure Company, makers of high quality and rugged outdoor gear to get you where you want to be on all your vehicle-based adventures. I've got the Black Duck Revival van outfitted with the Vagabond XL tent that sleeps three to four people. It's got a three-inch high density foam mattress, very comfortable, and an anti-condensation pad to keep you warm and dry. Takes just five minutes to set up and another five to put back in the morning, and you're on your way to wherever the road might take you. Please check out Rome Adventure Company at RomeAdventureCo.com. Get on the road and make the most of it. The Black Duck Revival podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Hunters of Color. Hunters of Color is a 501c3 nonprofit. They're the only nationwide hunting nonprofit led by BIPOC for BIPOC. They're working on increasing black, indigenous, and other peoples of color participation in hunting for the sake of conservation, food sovereignty, and to preserve our ancestral traditions. They do that by focusing on their three pillars, which is mentorship, conservation, and education. Actually, right now, I'm in California chasing turkeys with my good friend and co-founder of Hunters of Color, Jimmy Flett. Uh, Last night when we were drinking some beers, Jimmy told me that last year, Hunters of Color was able to get 1,000 new folks out into the field to learn about hunting, conservation, and what this is all about and why it's so important to all of us. So if you want to get involved with Hunters of Color, if you want to support that good work that they're doing, check them out at their website. It's huntersofcolor.org or on all social media platforms, Hunters of Color. Now to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. This week we have an event. This is the first repeat guest on the Black Duck Revival Podcast. It's my good friend Jay Byer of Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, Absolutely one of my favorite people on the entire planet. So kind, so tough. So smart and creative and just an absolute pleasure to be around. I got to spend a week in the van. Uh, We went to, I picked him up in San Antonio and we hunted Texas. We hunted New Mexico. We hunted California. He's absolutely one of my favorite people. He's such a good dude. He's such a force for good in the world. An amazing artist, an amazing photographer, uh, an amazing father and friend. And we just have a really great conversation, kind of expanding on what we talked about in our first uh, interview and just like where he's at in life, some of the stuff that I am really inspired by, some of the uh, aspects of his life that inspire me and kind of help me to push myself to be a, you know, a, a better member of this outdoor industry or rather hunting industry and just like a better father and a 
a better husband and a better friend. And man, he's got an amazing community. He's got amazing friends and uh, amazing places. And he's just a great dude. So please enjoy this conversation with my dear friend, Jay Byer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Black Duck Revival podcast. Uh, Today, I am in Sacramento, California, in perhaps the nicest hotel room I've ever been in here at the Holiday Inn uh, by the airport. And I'm joined by one Jay Byer, the first repeat guest on the Black Duck Revival show. This is a very big uh, occasion for this podcast. Jay, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. So, Jay's, uh, we're here in Sacramento because Jay's going to get on a plane in the morning and head back to Salt Lake for like a day before he leaves again. Yep. Uh, headed to Hawaii uh, to go kick it with Justin Lee and Lindsey Davis and a bunch of cool folks and spearfish and hunt pigs and goats and all sorts of stuff. But the last week... Uh, Jay and I have been together in the BDR van, uh, picked him up in San Antonio, only five hours late, last Wednesday, <laughs> and we made our way to a, we got to this ranch in Texas at like 11 o'clock at night, met some dudes we never met before that turned out to be rad, uh, killed some turkeys that next morning, and then uh, made our way to West Texas, then New Mexico, hunted there for a day, and Stayed in Arizona in the desert and then got into California to hook up with our buddy Jimmy Flat of Hunters of Color. And yeah, we've been chasing turkeys in wine country for the last two days on a really pretty chunk of ground. And yeah, man, I've been having I've been having an absolute ball, man. This is you know what I realized? We made it the entire trip. We never turned the radio on one time. Yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive. I thought that three days ago. <laughs> yeah, just just chatting, man. Yeah, that we're not going to have anything to say on this because we, we <laughs> the, the, the least amount of conversation we had is from Sonoma to here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It <laughs> is like, starting. Okay. Uh, we're both out of stories. It's so. starting to run out. Yeah, it is starting to run <laughs> so this out. This will yeah. be a real quick podcast. <laughs> I pulled up. When we walk in here, I'm telling a story from high school. It's like, I'm, I'm done with everything recent and relevant. Uh, but no, man, I mean, this is, so I'm like 25% of the way through what has now been renamed the, the Turkey Bebop. Uh, and man, it's going to be hard to keep up with this. This has been like an absolute fucking blast, uh, running into really cool people, like everywhere we go and like drastic changes in topography and temperature and what it looks like. Prickly things and non-prickly things. You got a bunch of cactus spines and the old buttocks. Yep. That's nice. Those will stick around for a while. Yep. And then the next morning or yeah. A day and a half later, it was like 29 degrees. We're hunting up in the mountains. It was awesome. That was a really, really pretty place. Uh, the only part that sucked about it was the wind, because that wind was like oppressive. Oh, in but, New Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the place, once we got down the bottom, man, it was so pretty. It was uh, amazing. Snow on the ground still. Uh, Just wish there were a few more turkeys around. Yeah, we didn't see any turkeys, but tons of mule deer, scat. We found bear scat a couple times. Uh that's like that's a place I'd want to go and investigate, you know, for four or five days and just really stomp around and figure it out. I think if you had your time there, you could kill one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you just needed to 
Yeah, explore some more zones and some walk around a little bit. And I mean, dude, we hunted for roads and three two, hours. Two, yeah, two three hours. It wasn't. Yeah, good. I mean, we just we hunted open in morning, and then we had to get on the road. Uh, but still, man, we hunted up there with Brian Regala, and he was super generous, and you know, told us where we could go, and then came and camped and hunted with us. Uh, but man, so look, I want this officially on record. Because I, re- I was really getting scared, man, because I had hyped up this California spot pretty hard to you before <laughs> we got there. But, uh, yeah, I, I want your uh, – after you've been there for two days, we hunted all day yesterday, and we didn't have to hunt all day today. We hunted until about lunchtime. But yeah, what was, your, uh, what was your thoughts on that magical place? Well, it's beautiful to start out. When he walked up that first day, and it was like all those clouds were hanging in the mountains around. <laughs> and then I was, it took a while. We started hearing some turkeys, and then we started seeing a ton of turkeys. And then we just, yeah, it just seemed like it never ended. It seemed like I, I kept thinking, like, instead of moving around, it's almost like if you would just sit in the same spot all day, something's bound to just walk by. Oh, absolutely. It, you know? Yeah. And not, we weren't even moving that much, but it just seemed like they were just everywhere. Well, every, Every next hill and valley, there was another gobble, and yeah, which makes it know, awfully fun to chase them, Dude. or <laughs> or get real close and sit down and call for a long time and have nothing happen. <laughs> yeah, which is like we just kept being behind them, and then we ran into like so. Normally, that's a place we bow hunt. Uh, all these turkeys were like hinned up, so like decoying them and pulling them off their hens was proving very difficult. Uh, you know, especially dealing with archery range. Uh, so today we went in there with shotguns, which is, there's like a complicating factor. There's like this sister that lives on the far side of the property. And so we were trying to, you know, she's like not really into hunting, but we have permission to be there from the rest of the family. And she can't really stop us, but she can just kind of be like, you know, like a cactus thorn in the butt about it. So <laughs> we're trying to get in there and kill turkeys without her knowing we're in there. Uh, and man, it worked out today, dude. Killed, just like kept being behind him, kept being behind him, and then uh, I shot one at like 15 yards there in the kind that of the trees. That one came in from behind us. Yeah, he looped around, <laughs> he looped around, and then we didn't even know he was there. And then he gobbled, and he was probably like dude, 50 yards like, away. Yeah, yeah, or less. He and was I, so close, <laughs> dude. And we sat down, and he just came in, stepped over a log, and got it, and then. Uh, yeah, you and Jimmy, I mean, what do you think? You went 100 yards? Yeah, if that. Up onto that other hill, man, and just, like, coming to a pack of gobblers, like, five times. Yeah, I think there are five left after. After Jimmy. And Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy killed, like, one. probably – I've never seen a head that big on a turkey. I I mean, just those spurs and that yeah. thing. I'd be curious what it weighed. But yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy was saying that – I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, they – you can really tell their age by their weight. It'd be interesting to weigh both of yours, because he was clearly the boss. Yeah, the one you, the one Jimmy killed, but yours was no slouch either. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's what I was saying. Like, if that's if that's like the less good turkey, the one that I got, I'm like, I'll oh, take I'd shoot that those all day, all day long. long. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, he had this big, huge paintbrush of a beard and like really nice spurs. Jimmy just had. Like it was unreal, gnarly, man. Gnarly spurs. It looked it looked a lot more like looked like chicken spurs. You know, like a rooster will get 
Have you, have you ever had roosters or just uh-uh. ones? I always have chickens. Dude, roosters are like in a year will have have uh, spurs that look like that. No way. Yeah, we measure them. They're like an inch and a quarter spurs and just like uh-huh. super sharp and pointy on the end. Hadn't been worn down. Uh, just, yeah, really beautiful place. Looks kind of, to me, it looks like, you know, like the Shire, like New Zealand or something almost, man. Just like these rolling beautiful hills. There's a peacock running around. There's a white hen we saw. Yeah, the white hen was crazy. Yeah. I just dug on like the whole scene, the vineyards mm-hmm. on part of it, and then just rolling hills. And yeah, I can't imagine in what, two weeks when all the flowers come out. How... And in two weeks, man, those those birds will be gnarly acting. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was cool, though, dude, because like last year it was – it really was. Last year it was like almost too easy, you know. <laughs> like I'm glad we ha- it took a little bit today. Like it, yeah, I mean it, we got to run around to get all the shots. Yeah, it w- it was beneficial for me to get shots. If it would have just been like two mornings, first setup, two dead turkeys. Next setup, two dead turkeys. It would have been hard to get. Yeah, what we were. But I mean, it's like about. yeah, we got to. We were hearing gobbles every day. We were staying on top of them. We just like, I mean, hell, we had three toms come in and skirt us. By like fifty yards. Oh, the bump. I, I mean, I had a clear, easy shot on all three of them. Yeah, from where I was sitting, <laughs> they just didn't cooperate. I think Jimmy could have shot. Yeah, he was I think so too. too. If he had the gun in the hand. Uh, what did he just not? Because ha- he had a gun. Yeah, he had my twelve gauge, but we were expecting him to come down that road. And so when those three turkeys popped out the side, they were just pointing right at Jimmy, and he had his gun down. You know, so. He he didn't want to like pick it up and then swing and you know mess something up and we were trying to. I just think in that in that scenario, there was those three that came in, then the one that flanked us that you killed. Mm-hmm. There was the one across the river losing its mind, yeah. and then there were six in the group that Jimmy killed, all in like a hundred yards. So we're what's that eleven? Yeah, toms. I'd, eleven. I'd, I'd be toms. very confident that there's fifteen. <laughs> Big old toms on that property, yeah. at least. Yeah, that was, oh man, that was just crazy. Uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about like why, why you've been rolling with me for the last week. Because I like your smiling face. And yes, your, yes. Well, there's that. Your general stench is appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a stench all right. Dude. <laughs> I'm sweating going up down those hills, man. I get back <laughs> to Jimmy's parents' house and I'm like, damn, I'm musty, dog. That's why that place is so great too. So we've been staying the last couple of days at. Jimmy Flat's parents house, uh, Jamie and Geraldine Flat, who are like the nicest people ever. So welcoming and so kind. Uh, but yeah, man, like you get to go there. It's like a rad, beautiful house, gorgeous backyard. Like Jamie takes a lot of pride in his yard. Uh, and Geraldine just keeps pouring feed, the bubbly, feeding me those, <laughs> that champagne, man. <laughs> get me champagne drunk. And like we have like nice family meals, but you can like, uh, there's like a washing machine and a shower. And it's, I mean, you know, just like houses have. No, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying, like, this is the nicest turkey camp ever. And I'm like, well, it's, it's a house. That's going to be pretty nice. Yeah, man. But it's like a nice house. And their neighbors are next. This was the same case last year. Their next door neighbors are like never home. So I just take over their next door neighbor's driveway and set it up like a camp spot. And like yesterday, like I told you, you guys... Your, you guys went your to hoodies sleep. like hanging on their car yeah, windows. Yeah. <laughs> I spilled because I spilled champagne on my 
on my uh, camo. And then, yeah, I just sat there in the middle of the truck last night and drank a Stella. And, you know, just like I'm at the end of a cul-de-sac sitting in my boxers in this, <laughs> in this van, dude, getting great sleep, waking up, having espresso. They got an espresso maker, had an espresso, and then yep. go hunt turkeys. Living uh, the life. I'm telling you, dude. Uh, talk about living the life, Jay. So when I picked you up on Wednesday, you were like, what, 24 hours back from France and Switzerland? Yeah, I, well, I had less than 20, I was about 16 hours at home. It was funny when I landed <clears throat> from uh, from Switzerland, I, I turned my phone on and I got like the message to check in for my my flight the next morning and it's just like, oh my goodness. And yeah. so I've been dealing with jet lag this whole week, but it's been good because I've been up early and we have to get up early anyway, so. Yeah, and we've been going to bed pretty early too, man. That's that's normal in my, in my yeah. Oh, in I my love world. it, dude. I dude, I don't know if I said it to you or if I said it to Marianne or whatever, but man, I think in the last like week we've said everything to each other. We have, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been great being on the road with like another grown ass man that's like not trying to stay up until one o'clock every morning. <laughs> it's like eight thirty. See you late. See you in the morning, dog. It's great. Yeah. You know, you want some coffee in the morning. We finally got that figured out towards yeah, the end. Dude. Espresso maker was dude, nice. Real nice, man. Uh, yeah, and you were. I would come in the house in the mornings, man, and you'd be in there in camo and comfortable and, you know. Doing dude, my Wordle, dude. Doing your Wordle, <laughs> drinking espresso, <laughs> getting ready to do it. Uh, but, yeah, man, so you were in Switzerland and France, and that was, like, kind of family. That was you and Rachel. My, my wife's. 50th birthday celebration extravaganza so it was nice to do it and it was did i'm in like a big <clears throat> chunk of travel for work right now and it was kind of nice to start out with my wife and some bros and go ski for a week and a half before on the road traveling and shooting yeah yeah I mean, so we have this and then fly home tomorrow and the next day fly to hawaii for another shoot and then uh, been home for a little bit, and then Cuba for another shoot. Yeah, just and then. And you were in Japan for like most of January, weren't you? Yep. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite place. Yeah, you're working on your Duolingo, your J Japanese Duolingo. Every I'm trying. Day. I didn't get it. I forgot today. I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it yet. I did it last night when I went. I went just laying in bed trying to fall asleep, and I'm like, oh, I didn't do my Duolingo yet. So I did it. Yeah. So Jay's trying not. Jay's so enamored with Japan. He's been going there for so many years every winter. And now he's committing himself to learning the language. Well, I'm committing myself to 10 to 15 minutes a day to learn the language. We'll see how far that gets in a year. When I go back next year, I'll be very curious to see like how much, if it makes a difference, and then how much of a difference it does make. And, and then I assume if I've made it a year, then... I might just keep going with it. So sure, I mean, you you even said something interesting to me, which is that, I mean, to would you describe your left arm as a sleeve? That's a sleeve, right? Oh, my tattoo. Yeah, tattoo yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so like you, mostly a sleeve. That was my one thing. I just didn't want like a. You didn't go all the way to your wrist. No, I just didn't want a hard end. I just don't like when tattoos just like. It's like all this beautiful work, and it's just like just ends like it's a band at your sure, wrist. Sure. And so I just wanted, I didn't want it to end. 
but uh, like in like a yeah, but a, it, an abrupt would, way, an abrupt way. It, yeah, I would consider it a sleeve. Yeah, but you're talking about how you're not going to get any more tattoos because you're so into being in Japan and like going to those bathhouses and stuff. Yeah, which first of all. Explain that so because <laughs> that sounds like you're just a whore monger. Well, uh, they're I don't know. That's the that's the best. It's like, um, but like explain this seriously because I didn't. So they're called you said onsens. They don't have, you said this is like kind a lot of the culture. A lot of the older houses in Japan don't even have. They have a uh, toilets and sinks, but a lot of them don't have showers. And so like the old school way, they'd have a communal bathhouse. And the beautiful thing about Japan is you can drill down three feet and you have volcanic water at any temp you want and so none of this is heated it's just this the all these mineral springs that can be anywhere you want them to be so they'd have these communal bathhouses and it's they're kind of like these sacred meditation pools and you kind of go in there and you shower off and then you can go sit in like all these different temperature hot springs and then there's there's cold pools and there's saunas and there's electric pools where you get in it like shocks you with electricity oh really yeah it's gnarly i i my rachel when i took her there she loved them i i couldn't it would like resonate in my hips it felt super weird i couldn't do it um so they have all these different pools and so like it's like you know it there's they're separated men's women's most of them there's a few communal um but for the most part they're separated and like the dudes would like go there and they'd shower off and go soak in the hot springs and then you know go sit in the lobby and drink beer like it's a very community oriented thing and so but like everybody's in there like butt naked right? yeah there's no clothes there's um something to do with they consider like the the water to be like sacred so they don't want any cloth mm-hmm. in the water or I mean, it could be just for cleanliness and soap or detergents or whatever so like the whole point is you yeah you go in you completely like every, most of them have like shampoo, conditioner, body wash there. Some people bring in all their own stuff, soap and razors and whatever. And every little station, there's like all these little stations. You kind of sit on this little bucket, and there's a there's a faucet, and there's like a hand sprayer, and you can there you can bring in your own shampoo. But uh, they have that there, and so you fully clean yourself, and then go sit in these hot springs and just relax and enjoy and there's all different i mean some of them are super extravagant and some of them are like one little pool and that's it so um see so yeah, i don't know what we got on on well, for, but uh well we're talking about like you <laughs> you being so into japan and the fact that you don't oh. want to get oh so tattoos. yeah so the whole tattoo thing is because of the japanese mafia culture of yakuza. getting yakuza yeah from its neck to wrist to ankle tattooed because i have a sleeve it's, it can be offensive, even though I'm very much a white dude there. And you're not a mobster? And I, I clearly, well, I couldn't be Yakuza because I'm white, right? You but, can't, you got to be Japanese to yeah, be Yakuza? Yeah, it's Japanese mafia. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying you can't ever get in. Uh, that's what I've been told. I could be wrong. Well, maybe if you um, learn the language. Yeah, try maybe hard. I can ask some people how to get in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and so, like, it's offensive to all the older um Japanese there, the older culture to have tattoos. And if you have like a little one, it's not a big deal. But when you start getting, I have like a full sleeve on my left arm, it can be offensive. So I've kind of like, yeah, that for that reason, I'm kind of like done getting tattoos, at least until I, I'm done going to Japan. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, cause it's just a, it's, I just, it's such an amazing culture of 
honor and respect, you know, that I want to, I want to <laughs> disrespect or, or not have, you know, their honor as little as possible. So I just want to you know, keep from offending people as much as possible. I'm still going to go and I'm still going to have my sleeve. I'm not going to get it removed. Sure. But I don't want to come in there. I, I think it's nice more. that you're so worried about offending Japanese people in here in the America. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to bother hey, you so much. Hey man, I I am more I'm nicer to foreigners <laughs> than, than I am <laughs> most people I run into at the gas station. That's you know? funny, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am not gonna stop getting tattoos, but I love the fact that you're that the the culture in the place is so resonant, important to you that you're like willing to make adjustments in your life. I don't think that's, I mean, part of it too, is I, after I got my sleeve, I just, I honestly haven't come up with something that I really wanted tattooed either. So I think that's part of it too. Sure. I have had a few ideas come through. In my, I think when Stella, my dog dies, like I never understood like portraits people get mm-hmm. until like this dog. And I'm like, I, at some point I'll get a picture of Stella tattooed on me. Really? Yeah. Like a portrait. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. my mama's portrait on me. Uh, the Bevanator? The Bevanator, dude. Yeah, yeah. You still haven't met the Bev, have you? No. Yeah, one day, dude. One day. She's a good lady, man. Great lady. Uh, man, so you know, this podcast, although very hunting-centric and seems like, you know, most of the oh, shit, that's not true. All of the traveling I do is because of hunting or somehow related to that. <laughs> you know, otherwise I'm just... In Arkansas, wiping butts. <laughs> all these kids that I've made. But, you know, the podcast is supposed to be about all these people who create their own lives and, like, make their own ways in the world, right? And we've been talking a bunch about that uh, on this trip and, like, kind of how you've set your life up, right? So you got you got Eli, your boy, who's 20 now, right? So he's out of the house, mm-hmm. doing very, very well for himself. Uh, so you and Rachel are, are, are there at home and, you know, you've you've absolutely set up this life for yourself, or set up this life for yourself. Like you've worked and created this life and this lifestyle that uh, has you outside all the time. Has you while you are gone a lot. I I would argue that uh, you probably have way more uh, meaningful and like meaningful family time than like most Americans. Oh man, I, I used to take. The summers I would book very little work when Eli was off school and just so I could hang out with him and we'd take road trips and go backpacking and go fishing and and I that was my justification always was I felt like when I was home I was home. Yeah. And I do feel that way. I might be gone a lot, but when I am home, for the most part it's it's much higher quality time, at least with my, my family. And now that 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 Eli's he's not gone, he's only 15 minutes away, but he's doing his own thing in college. And yeah, I mean, Rach holds down the fort when I'm gone, takes the dog out. And I don't know what she does with her time. Reads a lot of books. I think Lock, locks the dog out of the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Locks the dog still in the bedroom. Dude, that's, you know, what's funny is you said that when you're, you find out that when you're gone, that Rachel doesn't let Stella, the dog sleep in the room. But I found out that when I was gone, uh, Marianne was letting my dog ammo up in the bed. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. we don't do that. But what, how is he right now? He's 14? 13. 13? Yeah. At some point in time, it's like, dude, if a 13-year-old dog can still jump up in the bed 
They might have earned it at that stage I, of the game. I love that dog, man. He's awesome. He also stinks. <laughs> All right. He's a stinky old dog. He is farting like crazy these days. He never used to be like that, but he's just like. And it's so crazy because, you know, it'll be like all three of my kids, me, Marianne, the dog all in the room or something. And like these are all, everyone I just named is a, uh, is a terribly prolific passer of gas, right? <laughs> and my kids like to announce it, you know, like they do it and then they, I pooted. I pooted, daddy. <laughs> Or, oh, Hazel Pooh did, right? Or this boy of mine, man, he gets some rank wow, ones. babies, or the, dude. Or then the dog. I mean, you just never know where you're. It's a good you excuse, a, though. You need a gas mask in that house, man. <laughs> it's just a lot of a lot of going to the bathroom, it seems like, with all these kids and dogs. And, uh, anyway. Uh, but, you know, I guess, so we kind of, the first podcast when I was at your house, and we were elk hunting, man. We kind of like went through your story and talked about that. Uh, what I feel like we've talked a lot about on this trip is how, you know, you put, I mean, and you're still working very hard, but you like really had like your nose to the grindstone for so long. And, and now you're at a point where it's kind of paying some dividends, right? Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, you've got, more say over the work you're doing and like where you're putting your time and you're, you know, in, investing your energy and stuff into, uh, and I think I can say this without uh, blowing you up or anything, but you're like, man, I'm at the point where I want to work less and make more money. Yeah, no, that's, that's my goal. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good goal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really appreciate my time. Like you said, I'd spent so much of my time like finding work and chasing down work and, and uh, and now that 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 chunk of my business, I don't have to really do anymore, which is really nice. And then that being said, it it my work now is more focused, so it's a lot easier for me to to allow myself to have time to myself. And I've really started to enjoy having time to myself. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so yeah, like uh, you know, I think the older you get, yeah, that's that's what I want. I want to. I don't need to make more. I just, I just really want to make the most of my time off. And I mean, I'd like to make more too. But as long as I can, you know, where everything's stable on the financial front, you know, I'd rather have time off and more money. And yeah, I suppose work less and make more and play more. Well, that's that should be everyone's goal, I think. Van, <laughs> you know what? It really should be. I think that a lot of times people they get stuck in the make more part. Yeah, I think it. I and I have plenty of friends that are in that realm that you know, and when that must be that if you had a job where that was doable and that was enjoyable and you had expensive toys and things that you wanted, I I can see it. If you're happy, if you're truly happy, that's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I don't. I couldn't. I would have a very difficult time in a normal job. I've had them. Wasn't a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I like working for myself. I like being my own boss. I don't, you know, I'll be places when I need to be there. But it's uh, it's nice to watch when Rach goes to work in the morning. And be like, have fun. I'm gonna sit here and wordle for a while and <laughs> then go chase drink chuckers. some coffee and go hunt some birds and 
go for skiing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, when you say it like that, it, it sounds like all you're doing is playing. I would say this, man. <laughs> it's uh, now that I've you know gotten to the point where I've you know worked with you know uh, several different photographers mm. and you're you know, big stuff these days, filmmakers and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, dude, you're like when you're shooting, man, you're you're like incredibly. Uh, how would you say? It? I mean, I guess just like professional, right? Like you let us know what you need, which is like so helpful because I'm not wandering around like an a hole. You know, you just like do this, do that. I want to, I want to get the light in this one spot, right? It's not like we're not faking anything. You're just saying like, if I'm, say I'm like today carrying a turkey out, right? And you're like walk on this line because that you're gonna walk by those those uh, those trees and that that trunk is really red and that'll mm. look cool and you pass by there. Uh, and just, just like knowing what you want, knowing what you need, giving some direction, uh, is like super helpful on my end, but it's, it's like, uh, it's evident that you've developed this skill and this craft, right? Like you're not, you're not fighting yourself to try and get what you want, right? You know, you're, you're, you're just making it happen. Uh, I thought that picture you took in the desert in Arizona uh, with that like long exposure was so cool, you know? Oh, the the stars? Yeah. Well, yeah, making the coffee and shit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, and just like that, you know, it's like it was probably 4.30 in the morning because we had to drive all day. And just at 4.30 in the morning, you were like, oh, this would be cool. Like this this would make a money shot. And you get your stuff out and you set it up. And It was years ago. I, I think about it all the time. And I don't know why it took me so long to to figure this out, but I just think of the amount of times when you're hanging out with your friends or whatever you're doing, and someone's like, oh, this is super cool. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. And we're just sitting there, like, looking at the stars in the morning and making coffee. Like, man, the stars look so awesome right now. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, why wouldn't I? If this is that cool, why wouldn't I take a picture of it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they're basic stuff, you know? But I think there was a long time in my career I just didn't like, or you'd be caught up in that moment, and so you'd enjoy that moment, and then later it'd be like, well, that would have been a nice part to have in this story. Yeah. It's no different than like eating, like the, just the the food of that hacienda we were at yesterday, like that little restaurant shot worked oh, out yeah, really yeah. well. That was dope, man. But, and it was just, we were just eating burritos, you know, it wasn't anything special, but it was a cool shot, but it is too, right? Like it's uh, that to me is like classic turkey, or this anything. But I just feel like in the like not, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's me and whatever, but I don't feel like you're ever like hunting turkeys all day. You know, I'm sure there's people that hunt them sun up to sundown or whatever. But it's like well, a lot of man, places you, you get, can't. Yeah, that's true too. But you get up at four, and I mean, we didn't get to the restaurant until one in the afternoon yesterday. Yeah, and like. That's a solid day of running around and. I mean, yeah, like we almost. I mean, we basically had like a work day, but tur- I feel like turkeys tend to be in like closer to residential zones. You know, like it's more like a like an ag or. It's not like you're putting in like elk or mule deer. You're not like backpacking in. And yeah. People do, but it just seems like. Well, it's that's a where a uh, lot of turkeys are, right? Like. Yeah. There's higher concentrations in those places, right? They yeah. they do really well on that kind of. Uh, you know, wild uh, suburban interface. Yeah, the, the boundary, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, man, like you, you don't have to, you don't necessarily, especially like out West, man. And these like, you know, Oregon and California or, or I'll be in Oregon next week and California and stuff like you don't necessarily have to be, uh, in some super remote area to find a bunch of turkeys like that goofball that walked up to us. Yeah. Place, he's like, oh, what y'all killing? Uh, is that what he said? I didn't catch it. Cause said, I was walking up the table when he said, this. Yeah, he said, what y'all been killing? And we hadn't killed anything that day, you know. Nothing so we were yet. trying to trying Nothing to get some yet, turkeys. Sir. Oh, you got to come over to my house. We got like 120 of them out there on the That's road. That's when I came into the conversation. I was like, "And where do you live?" Yeah, and he told and us how, how much land do you have? And, oh, you can't hunt them on my land. Yeah, he wasn't. He was just letting us know that. Do you know anyone over there? He, like, yeah, he knew where there was a bunch of turkeys, and he saw them all the time. But he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he was just like bragging, kind of. It was weird. Was teasing us is what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, we'll see, see you later. He just wanted to be. He just I mean, wanted. To, we looked so cool. I mean, sitting there eating burritos, drinking beers. He just wanted to be a part of the crew. That's good. I get it. It's hey, understandable. You you want what you can't be, right? <laughs> uh, man, you know what? Actually, I think would be cool to talk about, man, is because uh, I think it's so different. Is maybe like some of your parenting philosophy, because <laughs> uh, like I mean, like I mean for real, Jay. So you know, Eli is like a really smart, really accomplished kid, right? Like gets good grades, got a great scholarship to college, uh, but he's also he's also like really capable and really. We talked about this a bunch of like really confident mm-hmm. and comfortable in himself. Uh, which I think has probably come from the fact that he is like the two meanest parents ever. Horribly mean. Uh, and no, it's not that you're mean, but you and Rachel both are. I mean, you're about like handling your business, you know, before you have your fun, right? Yeah, very uh, much. It's a good philosophy in life. And and uh, you seem pretty comfortable. You know, a lot of people are are really concerned with like – like overprotecting their children, over sheltering them, and like just being helicopter parents. You know? Oh, dude, I think that's one of the worst things that that has happened in the in the parenting realm. You know, I think kids need to figure not everything, but a lot of stuff out for themselves. And and you know, you learn a lot quicker if you fall down and pick yourself up a few times along well, the way. And, and like that, man, like literally falling down. So like, what you guys do as a family, right? Like some people go to the lake or watch baseball or i mean you guys do watch some football but like mostly what you guys are doing is like mountain biking together or going and skiing and and we're talking about like from eli being a little kid you guys didn't stop doing that stuff never when you had a kid and you were showing me like those pictures of those jumps this little eight-year-old is doing gnarly jumps like flipping upside down and all sorts of crazy shit uh but yeah man like how did how have you approached being somebody's dad um, I don't know. I think like any parent, you just, <clears throat> you do what you think is best, you know? And it took a while to, I mean, I know my parents screwed up, but I know they did their best. And, and I think we tried to do the same thing. We just definitely wanted to expose him to all the things that meant a lot in our lives, hunting and fishing and mountain biking and skiing. And, and, uh, I'll be very curious to see what he, what he continues with in his life, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I mean, my, I don't know who I got it from, 
But there was a point in time, and someone said in my life, your, your job as a parent is not to be their friend. It's to be their parent. And to like, mm. it's your job to show them right and wrong and teach them. And and no one else is going to do that, you know? And, and I think too many parents want to be their kids' friend, which uh, I, think, I think because of that, I mean, he has become my friend. Now, now he's at the point where he's in college or whatever, like we talk or we don't talk we text almost every day and, and it's a great relationship and it's built on trust and respect now but it's because we we were well, Rachel was not as hard Rachel got to be the the gracious parent mm-hmm. I had to be the hard ass but I think you need that too and, and you need that that super love respect side and you need the side that's like shit hits the fan you know, this is not how we operate to be good people. And this is what you, you need to do to change that. And, um, so yeah, it's weird. Definitely harder on them, harder than a lot of people I know on their kids. But, um, I think now he's very capable and he's very confident. And I, I think you can still be loving and caring and hard on your kids at the same time and like bring them up to be good people and and not like I think a lot of people are scared that they're going to crush the confidence level of their kids if they're correct them or they're hard on them but a lot of the harding too is is not like actually being hard on them it's letting them learn stuff on their by themselves you know like it's hard to step back and watch your kids fail you yeah. know it's yeah it's, I mean, it's hard to step back and watch them fall down you know like riding a bike or skiing or like a i mean the first time i saw eli pinwheel down a ski line like head over feet multiple times it was like seven years old just like i thought he was dead and he just got back up he was a little lost his helmet and his goggles and his skis and (laughs) but he got back up and he was dinged for a little bit and then he kept going you know and i think he learned a good lesson that day (laughs) don't point it through moguls but um but i think think that's everything you know like he one of his first pheasant outings he shot my dog really yeah he shot stella right in the face wow yeah and he was just destroyed by that but i tell you what he is the safest person with a gun now um and it was horrible experience and probably the only thing you could ever if you ever want to get under his skin and there's very few people who really want to but that is about the only thing you can you can rip on him for, and it hurts. It hurts him. Eli, he, man, I heard you Dick Cheney'd Stella. Yeah, man. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that next time you come to the house, dude. You I'll just say it to roll him. right into that. But like, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I obviously wasn't excited about that moment, but what do you do? It happened, and and Stella, amazingly enough, that whatever she took, I don't know. I think I probably got 15 pellets out of her in the field and cut three or four out later and then cut another one out like four months later. Um, but she yelped and came running back to me and I was like, you could, it was super dusty in South Dakota that year. So like you could see, you could see where the blood was coming out on her fur, but it was the wet spots. Yeah. So I would like pin, I would like pop these wet spots like pimples. And like a BB would shoot out, you know? And so I just went around her and popped all these wet stuff over her chest and her head and her eye. Like, dude, she had one right in her eyebrow. Like, 
I was about to say, she's lucky she didn't get one. Oh, my goodness, dude. It's got uh, like three in her ears. She's still got the last one she still has is like stuck in her cheek, right? Right in her, right in her lip, like right above her jaw. Um, but yeah, she, uh, but dude, too, she didn't even let me finish popping all the, her little BB zits and she was ready to fire back up. She had zero issues from that, which blew my mind. And to this day still hadn't like, what I would think is really funny is like, I was throwing the dummy for her, mm-hmm. you know, one time and I went back and she got really close to it and I wailed her in the face. She hates fetching dummies one time. You know, I hit her in the face with the dummy. Nope. Birds shot in the face. Doesn't care. Yeah. She got that prey drive. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. But back to Eli, you know, like you can't have an experience like that and not be like overly cautious with your firearm from that point on. Sure. And then, and luckily nothing bad, majorly bad happened, but you know, you gotta, you gotta learn some things the hard way. And that was, that was a real hard lesson for him, but probably one of the hardest he's learned. It was like not doing well in your first calculus exam in college. <laughs> Step your game up. Well, I just you do like, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like what I what I liked about that last year is that he he didn't do as well as he wanted to do, and so he knew he had to buckle down and crush it the rest of the year, and he did. Yeah, you know, he still ended up with an A, and it was just one of those. I think it was probably one of the lowest grades he'd ever gotten in school, but. But I think from his whole life of learning, he knew like, well, this isn't the outcome I want. I know what I have to do to get there. I'm going to do it. You know, and that's wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you just what you just said is uh, it's like, man, where would we be if everybody had that understanding? Yeah, well, a lot of people are afraid of work. <laughs> that's sure. the bummer. Well, that was the one thing I wanted because I knew he had a ton of energy. And I wanted him to be polite because if he was polite, people would cut him a lot more slack. Mm-hmm. So he worked a lot on, I mean, you'd never know now, but when he was younger, he had real good manners. <laughs> oh, I think he's, I think he's polite. No, he's, he's a good he like, kid. But he was leaving before I left. He was like going to school or something, man. And, you know, he like came up and like gave me a hug before he left. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a dude with some class, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, I just want him to be polite and I want him to have a work ethic because I think – you know, like my my job when I had normal jobs, uh, carpenter, cooking, whatever. It, so few people had a work ethic, and this is like people my age. And then I look at kids his age, and so few of them know how to work hard to get what you want. You know, and it just seemed like if I could, if I could teach him manners and teach him a work ethic, he he could crush the rest of life. You know, and that I. I truly feel like we accomplished that, and and he seems to be doing great right now. Yeah, man. No, he was he was real impressive. Man, I've got a couple of friends who have uh, that like started their families like earlier than me, you know. So like their kids are like reaching these maturation points. It's like real far off from where my kids are, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, but it, it's really interesting because I think it's. Like, obviously, the kids are an indication of who their parents are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not all the time, but I mean, like, you know, you kind of, there's a, there's a lot to do. There's nature involved for sure, but yeah. like, there's a lot of nurture, yep. right? Uh, and like you and Eli, uh, Newcomb and Bear, 
Shep too. I mean, I mean, honestly, all of Newcomb's kids, River and Willow are real red people. Uh, my buddy Brandenburg and his boy Zach, man, who I've got to like spend some time with and hunt and stuff with. And like all of those people I just named, like I've been around their kids and I've been impressed by their kids. Uh, by their, like by their kids behavior outside of like their dads who are my buddies, like telling them to do stuff, you know, like with Zach Brandenburg, I think we took him hunting when he was, I don't know, maybe he was like 14 or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Took him this little timber hole and, uh, we're done hunting and me and yeah, for sure. We're done. Uh, we're done hunting and me and Brandenburg are sitting there talking and Zach just goes and starts picking up all the decoys. Like no one told him to, but like he got that it was a way for him to show I want to like show some appreciation, I think, but also like he, he just kind of knew what, what was a classy way to behave. I guess that's what I'd call it. Like being classy. Uh, and it's also, you know, it's like a really great representation of his dad, right? Like I remember, yeah. I remember telling his, telling his dad, being like, "Hey, man, I'm noticing that your boys went out there and picked up those decoys, and no one told them to, man. Like, that's a solid kid, right? And like, I really liked the kid, man. I was at his house. He was helping me with these black bear tamales. We had to let him steam for a while. His dad had gone to this function where you're doing this black bear bonanza, and uh, he plays lacrosse, right? And I played lacrosse in high school." And I said, hey, man, you got two lacrosse sticks? He's like, yeah. I said, dude, we got to wait 45 minutes for these things to steam. I was like, you want to go play catch? And he was like, yeah, right? And I like went outside, and we're playing catch. And I was like kind of shocked that I still remembered how to do everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, What are they called? They call them sticks or something, right? Yeah, sticks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, okay, so let's be real. It's called a stick, and it's in two parts. It's a head and a shaft. Okay. That's what they call it. Oh, uh, really? Never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but also like it really exposed that I was not 17 anymore. Cause I like, I tried to you know, basically like lacrosse, you, it's very similar to basketball actually. in in the mechanics of it, and it's lots of set and picks and, you know, rolling into people and rolling around and all that stuff. And he caught me every time I tried to roll around him, man, like he's a pretty good little lacrosse player, man. But I, I told, uh. I told Brandenburg after I was like, man, I wish I had a 17-year-old boy to hang out with. Like, I got to wait 17 more years for my boy to Dude, I'll tell you what. I, I see all my friends now, so I'm 45, and who have like five to 10-year-olds, and I'm like, oh, man. I don't know how they have energy for it. I don't know how you're going to have energy for it. Like, I, all, like, or maybe it's just because I had kids earlier in life. Yeah. And so now, because I've done, I know that chunk of my life is older, I think I don't have energy for it. It'd be different, I think, if you waited and did all the stuff you did, like when I was raising a kid and pounding nails, you know. Um, But I just, yeah, it's crazy, you know. I mean, I can tell you this. I don't. I would don't want to have another one in five years. (laughs) You know, like I'm. Well, you solved that problem, though. Yeah, yeah, I got that vasectomy. but man, it's it's so wild too to me because you know, like we all have these aspirations, like for the life we want to live, right? So 
I mean, like legit, dude, you've traveled all over the world, right? You're in the Amazon. You're like all, you're all over like South America for so long, right? You're in Japan every year for like a month. And like you're going to Hawaii and you've been up on mountains all over the place, right? Uh, and you, you have this enormous body of work, right? Which is very illustrative of like who you are and you know, how you see the world, like, you know, literally your lens uh -huh. on stuff, right? But, uh, and like, you know, we met or whatever in 2019 and like kind of hit it off right away. But, and I like knew your work and I knew your reputation in, in the quote unquote industry and whatnot. But like getting to stay at your house and like hang out with your family and hang out with your friends and just like your community. And we talked about that, man. Like, yeah. That was that was that was so illustrative of like who you are and your value system, uh, and you know just like seeing the way you interact with your kids, seeing the way you interact with your wife, uh, like when I killed that elk and the fact that like you could send a text message out and like an hour later two dudes were up on top of a mountain that had skied in to like help carry this stranger, uh, Eddie and Eric. Uh, came up there like to help pack out that elk, right? Uh, I've done a lot of favors in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice when they come back around dude, once was, in a while. <laughs> that was awesome, man. And I told you, dude, like I left there being like, man, this guy's got such a awesome community of people around him. And then like as we've been traveling, you know, and this is definitely, this is like my biggest trip that I've ever taken, right? Uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, like, real talk, man, it's just, like, serious bro-down time, right? We're, like, we're in a van all day, we're hunting, we're fucking uh, eating and drinking beers and all that stuff. And, I mean, dude, you've been doing this, you know, similar type things with people for 20 years, right? Like, you've got, like, you've got uh, really, really good friends that, like, really, really care about you and look forward to seeing you. Like, all over the country, right? Like, you're going to go to Hawaii and just have, like, the best time and hang out with Justin and Lindsay. And Justin's friends have become your friends. Uh, it's, man, it's it's a, uh, it's like I told you when we were talking there in Arizona, man. Uh, it's not just indicative of who you are, right? But, like, you were, you were, I've told you that I thought you'd be really good at running a business. And it's because, <laughs> and you asked me why, because another friend of yours has said that to you. And I said, man, you just, like, buyer's a dude I don't want to let down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to disappoint you. If we're doing something together, I want you to feel like, you know, I worked hard and, like, uh, you know, was deserving of your efforts and your energy and stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I think you write a good balance of, you know, like we've talked about this, like you're really a pretty sensitive dude, right? Um, I don't like to admit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but dude, yeah, you're you're. Uh, it's it's not that you're mean. You called yourself mean. It's you have an incredibly high level of accountability for yourself, and that transfers to the people around you. And I remember we were driving around. I was getting car sick, you know, <laughs> near Tacoma in Utah, and I was fucking whining about some shit. And you said, "Man, well, I'll tell you what I tell Eli. You're the only one who can do anything about it." <laughs> And I've thought about that so much since then, dude. And I was like, yeah, man, truer words, you know? 
got to deal with your own situation. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean. No, no one's going to care about you more than you. That doesn't mean you have to be narcissistic or mean, but. Or it doesn't you mean gotta, that you got to deal with yourself. You can't you lean know? on other people no, and not ask for no, help. No, that's why you, we switched driving. Yeah. And then you drove. Yeah. <laughs> you drove my truck home. Because my tummy gets sick <laughs> when I ride in people's cars. Uh, or it's, you know, I mean, like, but a deal like that, like, what's the worst thing? I just don't really like riding in cars with people. Yeah. So I just drive. Yeah. It's no big deal. It was nice on this. Like I, I'm normally always the one driving, and this trip was kind of nice to like look around and fart around on my phone. And I mean, because this, I've spent very little time in Texas. It was only my third time in Texas, and mm-hmm. it's such an enormous state. And to drive through like a bunch of it I'd never seen before, like I'd never yeah. been down. Like we were 20 feet from Mexico, you know, like yeah. driving along the border went through the border with their customs yeah. check and. um yeah, it was cool to like see a bunch of the chunks that, that I had never seen before, which is which is pretty sweet. Where normally yeah. I'm driving, I mean, you see yourself when you're driving, but not as much. I got, I bet I spotted more antelope than you did. You definitely did lopers. <laughs> That's what they call them, lopers. <laughs> Loper spotting, uh, judging them, dude. You know, Eli does it all the time though too. He's like, "Oh, Dad, that was a good buck." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, you think so?" Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> That's what I do with uh, I do that with ducks, and it drives Marion crazy. And it's, it's just because like it's a it's a constant. I mean, what you've experienced, you know, it's a constant wiggle waggle of the steering wheel. You know, like yeah. looking at something. Oh, straight. <laughs> now there's an additional wiggle waggle on this van because it's essentially a giant sail. That's like it's lightly top heavy. And dude, I swear, you look at it from behind, and it's got a narrower wheelbase than. That it should, you know. You think so? It, dude, look at it next time you're out there. And I don't know if it's just because it's how tall it is. It seems like your wheels are closer together than they. But it, uh, just, yeah, from behind, I was looking at it like, your wheels look a little too close together. And you got a lot of weight up top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But, dude, it's working. No, just, dude, we've, we've definitely swerved hard enough where if it wanted to go, what a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Dude, that wind in, uh, yeah, that wind that wind was, in New Mexico yeah. was gnarly. Like, I was I had that that steering wheel was like cocked at like <laughs> you know a forty five degree angle the whole time just to keep it straight because it was just blustery, dude. Oh man, we're almost we're almost getting to the hour point. Uh, and what do we got planned after this? We're gonna go eat sushi. Would be nice. Uh, you're gonna have your first time drinking sake. Yeah, we're gonna drink some sake. Yeah, which should be amazing. Hopefully yeah. for you. If I drink too much sake, I'll be. You might be right back here. I'll, say, I'll be sleeping. In, I'll be sleeping in my van in the parking lot, which is like one of my favorite I, things. I mean, we got the. I suppose you're, yeah, that fold out. I'd rather sleep got, in my van. That's this thing too. Yeah, I'll sleep. sleep I'll you sleep. sleep with me an old king size up there. I'll sleep in my van. Dog. Be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love, the, dude. I never get better sleep than I do in that van. Oh, I, I, the so back of my Tacoma, I have nothing. It's just a bear. I blow up a mattress. And yeah sleep back there with my dog i think it's because if i'm sleeping in the back of my truck i'm somewhere doing something awesome yeah (laughs) you know and it's just like i'm sure i've had a few beers probably sat around the campfire after doing something super fun and i think that's you know it's like what we're doing right now we're having a great time yeah running around mountains chasing turkeys and 
eating Falling triscuits. Asleep, eating triscuits. There were quite a few triscuits harmed in the last <laughs> week of this trip. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I told you when I went out to the van to sleep after I was all <laughs> champagne boozed up, I just like laid there and ate triscuits and fell asleep. Dude, they're the best. They're so tasty. Three ingredients, dude. That's and it lets us make Billy Madison references. Yeah. Maybe I could have had some delicious triscuits. If you told me there were delicious triscuits in the car, maybe I could have enjoyed them with you. Man, so what is a... Can we talk a little bit about... I'm not trying to get into all your business. Can we talk a little bit about truck? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, truck loves. Go truck yourself. Go truck yourself. Is Truckloves.com. <laughs> so, truck loves is a business that you're one of the owners of. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously a love company but like kind of focused in the ski mountain bike world ski and mountain bike and then we have uh like a work wear kind of line like a good work love we man. call them lifestyle which is like for bird hunting for upland stuff it's all i all i use for getting uh, van parts out of the junkyard they work good too my wife yeah there you go my uh my wife wears all our goods like when we're late season cow hunting or our late season mule deer hunting she always wears big mitts because sicka doesn't make mitts small enough for little hands oh um so that's nice to see i think she likes them she wears them just because they're it's my company too yeah but uh yeah we make ski but all our ski gloves are you know they're extremely durable well-priced goat leather uh, Did you say you're going to switch to cow leather on some of them? Just one. One of the uh, work gloves is the Trooper. So our gloves have very, <clears throat> they're high in dexterity, which is why I can like them with a shotgun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the work gloves, people have wanted something a little burlier. And goat leather is more supple, but it's thinner. And cow leather is, you can get it in multiple thicknesses. Um, but tends to last long. So we're like harder, burlier projects where you don't need as much dexterity. We're making the trooper, the new trooper when it comes out, will be in cow leather and it'll last longer, but it won't have that same dexterity as the work glove or the, the other leather gloves. So. I mean, they'll break in though, right? Like, Oh, everything. I mean, excuse me. All those gloves break in. I mean, our story is leather. We don't use anything else we have a few shoulder products like a you know a windproof breathable membrane but everything we've tried to keep everything leather so we're really unique in the in the mountain bike world everyone's moved to like fake leather and like going back to like real leather mountain bike gloves which i hunted in those for years too or because they're super soft and super is is a mountain bike glove does it does it have like the fingers cut off or uh, the old school ones did most of the, then there's still some people that, that use, but most people use full finger gloves if they're going to use gloves. Um, but sweet to have like, it, there's, you have so much protection and they're so light, but it like, yeah. They're, what are you protecting your hands from when you're mountain biking? When you fall off your bike. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why we wear knee pads. Yeah. I think cause like helmet for sure. Cause you don't, you only got one head and if you fall off your bike, the first thing you hit the ground is your hand. Sure. And so most of those gloves, which every glove I had before ours, you fall once and they're crushed. Um, they rip open and and you can't have them, but ours last quite a bit longer because they're actual leather. And they, I think they have better dexterity than that fake leather stuff. 
Cam, cam well, I should know what it's called. But yeah. And so, so, and so right now, truck gloves are, they're like direct-to-consumer, right? Yep. For right now, I think that's what we're debating if we should switch. Um, we keep our prices the same, but we're kind of trying to think of like a hybrid-type model. We can buy them on our line, or we could get a few retailers, too. But, yeah. Anyone out there who's listening who needs a pair of ski gloves or mountain bike gloves or work gloves or going to go hunt some pheasants next weekend, pick up some gloves. Truck gloves. Go truck yourself. <laughs> uh, well, this seems like a good place to wrap the podcast. Uh, and we still got to go eat some sushi and, you know, get a sake buzz or whatever. But, dude, Jay, I legit, man, without going too deep into this mushy bushy, man, like I could not imagine a better person to spend the last week with, man. It's been a, such a good time. It's been, I mean, God, dude, just real talk, dog. Like, just such an honor and pleasure to be your friend, man. You're just a rad dude. Oh, dude. Uh, it's been such a blast. And you're, you're touching it. You're getting into my sensitive. Oh side, yeah, yeah. Remember? <laughs> cry. Side. I'd be like Oprah, man. I'm trying to get him to cry. <laughs> it no, doesn't man. take a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dog. I mean, I said this on an Instagram post, like a uh, after that elk hunt, man. And I really meant it, dude. I said, you you find yourself a friend like Jay Byer, and then you spend the rest of your life. You know, trying to deserve a friend like that, man. And, uh, dude, just I so appreciate you, man. I so appreciate your outlook on life and the world and your work ethic. Uh, and, yeah, dude, just wish you the best and lots of gnarly adventures. And I hope you get to drive around in a van with you again. Hopefully sooner rather than later. That's right, man. <laughs> working on, we're, we're, we're working on something. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we, we, we got something in the works. <laughs> yeah, man. It just, I'm telling you, man, like my whole life, has been based around me driving around in a van. <laughs> first, it was me and Schmitty, uh, my buddy Mike Schmitz, who designed the first tattoo I ever got. We used to drive around. And he had a he had a Chevy Astro that smelled like disgusting spoiled milk because his brother my, uh, his brother would always spill milk in the seat, man. And so, like, you'd ride in Schmitty's van, and your pants would stink afterwards. <laughs> and so, I went from Schmitty's van. To having band vans and like them meaning so much to me that I tattooed one of them on my arms. <laughs> and you gotta get the this one out there. Now, right? now I'm gonna get this van tattooed on me, man, because it's it's just like being a little hermit crab and traveling through these great United States and uh, seeing cool stuff and eating good meals and uh, chasing, you know, just. Uh, the wonders, you know, like you're really chasing, you're chasing the wonders, right? Like you're not, it's not just that you're, you're chasing animals, man. You're chasing the places they put you in. You're chasing like the time, uh, the experiences that you have, right? Like I told you when we were driving up to Jimmy's house, I was like, dude, I've been waiting a year to pull up in front of Jimmy's parents' house and give him a hug because yeah. it's just such a blast to hang out and just be weirdos that, you know, we're just like all our own special kind of weirdo. And- <laughs> You know, go chase these turkeys, and it's so fun. But uh, anyway, man, so uh, truckgloves.com is where you can procure the best gloves on the market. And what about following you and checking out your work? Um, to? Yeah, Instagram is about the only place. You can, I got a website at jbuyer.com, and then uh, my Instagram is just jbuyer. 
AJ Byer Imaging. AJ, thank you for correcting no my own. <laughs> J Byer Imaging is my uh, my Instagram, um, all lowercase. And then lots of, I mean, you'll see his stuff on uh, Mystery Ranch and Sitka, Yeti, Patagonia. Uh, That's my crew right there. It's pretty, they're, they're pretty good to me. You I did a, that. you did an article a while ago for Strung, didn't you? I do, yeah. I do occasional uh, when I have uh, any editorial interest. I just tell them flat out, if this is easy, I can keep I can keep you full of content for the rest of your life of your publication. But if you're going to be a needy editorial, because most editorial clients don't pay much. Mm-hmm. I don't do them for money. It's more for like it's good for like the ambassadors or whoever I'm shooting. You know? Sure. Um, you just got the got the cover of a magazine while we were driving around. Yeah, day. I got to send a photo tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I so if the, if it's easy and Strong's made it real easy, mm-hmm. and I kind of I dig on what they're doing. Um, and then uh, Western Hunt Journal is another one that they hit me up a couple times a year and. I send them a few photos and they make a photo essay and it's done. I love it. <laughs> like e- easy stuff like that. Cause a lot of my, my, just my efforts these days just go into those four clients. Um, and so I just, uh, I don't, I don't want to burn a bunch of time I could be spending with my wife and kid or hunting or skiing for myself. And so, yeah, you told me even you're like, man, like if I'm at home, I'm not gonna talk to you on the phone, dude. <laughs> I did. I struck like, but I, it was very clear. It, it had nothing to like. Justin just called me. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I forgot to call him back. I'm horrible with phones, you know. But I'm, and a lot of it is like, I'm home with my wife and kid, and so I'm not gonna like spend time with something else. But like, yeah. if anyone stops over for a beer, like I love that. I love personal conversation. I just struggle with the phone. That's why I loved when texting came out because it was like, boom, here's your point. What are you doing tomorrow? Nothing. Okay. Let's go hunt. Yeah. <laughs> it was easy, you know? It wasn't the whole like, well, you know, what's the weather doing around you right now? That's why I struggle calling my parents, but we still make that happen. It's the, it's the exact opposite for me. That's why, like, when people text me, it takes, it's like, dude, <laughs> I know that I've got a problem because you – Lindsay Davis, Jesse Griffiths have all <laughs> dude, Jesse was like, dude, I thought you were really mad at me or something. <laughs> I was like, nah, dog, I just I got personal problems, man, and text messaging gives me anxiety. <laughs> you know, but like I I got no problem talking on the phone, but then you deal with like friends of mine like Jimmy or Lydia, man, they're you know, in their twenties and like they're offended if you call them. Uh, what's just, wrong? What happened? Yeah, they just they want to text, and it's like, man, if I gotta have more than a one-two text exchange, like I won't do it. No, no, like the conversation talks I'm not into at all. Um, or the long text. Yeah, the like voicing the displeasure with your par- spouse paragraph. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd I'd rather do this. I'd rather sit and drink a beer and hang out with my buddy. And oh my god, how did this beer get in my hand? Oh, goodness gracious. And you're going to go experience sake now for the... Yeah, man. There's been some good beers on this this trip, dude. Uh, I do feel like I will... It will dry up a bit after a year. Because <laughs> you're all... You're, I need to dry up, too, which would be nice. Let me go... You're on your wire. phone all the time. Oh, there's a Chevron over at this exit, and they probably have some beers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, 
Yeah, dude. Thanks a bunch for spending the week with me, man. Love you, bud. I love you, too. All right. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening all the way through to this episode of the Black Duck Revival podcast. As always, produced by me, Jonathan Wilkins, and Brian Sachs. Keep up with everything Black Duck Revival by going to the website. That's just blackduckrevival.com. Or follow along on social media at Instagram. The handle is Black Duck Revival. You can see what's going on with Turkey Tour slash Turkey Bebop. Uh, See where I'm at. See what food I'm cooking. There'll be recipes. There'll be links to podcasts. Everything good. Everything wonderful. Everything Black Duck Revival. Check it out there. Please, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a review over on Spotify or Apple. Share the podcast with your friends, uh, folks in your community, anybody that you think might uh, enjoy these conversations and find something resonant within them. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.